Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Thinker Girls Pod channel. I'm Stacey June. I'm Christy Mercer. G'day. Hi. <laughs> Should we sing a Christmas carol? Um, Which one? I'm not Deck sing. the halls with boughs of holly. La 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 There you go. Got you Hello. Welcome, welcome to the Christmas special uh, of this Thinker Girls situation. Pod <laughs> channel duo. <laughs> Radio hosts, try hard TV hosts. Oh, yeah, like we do it all. Yeah. Some well, some all right. Writers ish. (laughs) Sure. Um, We're multi, you know what we are? Multifaceted. I love that word. I really multifaceted. Do. I've used it in many a bio. I know you bloody have. We um we did a, a Christmas podcast last year, which Holy we put in show notes. It got us into a bit of trouble, but one thing we did get from it was an influx of love and an interest in that particular show. So we were encouraged to do it again. Only <laughs> this year's month by month. Like last year, we had a few big things happen, but I feel like they all led to greener pastures in a way like the firing obviously not but like there was openings and this year's felt for me challenge after challenge after challenge with still a whole lot of unknown so it's Mm. difficult to go into things when you still sit in an uncomfortable but yet much more positive place yeah so if you missed that podcast we went through month by month january february march yes and gave uh, a word or a feeling or just some kind of checking as to okay where were we at in jan that's right where were we at in feb and you know what there are a lot of people that listened along to that podcast because i think at this time of year everybody gets incredibly reflective on oh, what was the year that's been, what was the good, what was the bad, what do I want to take into next year, what do I want to leave at the door, what am I grateful for, what do I, what am I still healing from. Yeah. Like there's a, yeah, I think it's a good, it's a good um, bookmark. It's a good little exercise. Yeah. So maybe, maybe if this is something that you, I don't know, heard last year or maybe hearing for the first time, think about it in yourself whether it's, Put it in your journal or think talking to a mate over it with wine. Like yeah. It's a cool thing to do. Merry Christmas and and Happy New Year to you. <laughs> but also, if you are sitting with a group of girlfriends, maybe you guys will all want to go through month by month together because it is really beautiful, um, but it can, be, it can be challenging, it turns out, because for me, I didn't find the concept challenging at all last year. And this year, I find it challenging for many reasons. So you might want to listen right till the end because there are a few extra challenges and, and a few extra pieces of information that I think a few of you might be interested in hearing too. Mm-hmm. All right. So here we go. Um, where do we start? Jan, I guess. January. <laughs> That's probably a good place to start. The first thing that comes to my mind is equipment hell. Like that year, that month 
to me, I thought fun, but then I also thought I started, that was the first month I started to really feel the anger around being fired. And then we had to set up our studios again, all by ourselves. And it felt very symbolic to me that we had gone backwards. Mm -hmm. And I was very angry about that. Well, I guess when you feel as though you've done something once before. Many times before. And then you feel like you're on the up. You know, you've got a whole team around you. You're in a national radio studio. You've got help. You've got resources. You've got ability to be able to action ideas. Expand. Yep. So then to go from all of that to literally nothing, um, I reckon you were probably – I found you were probably more frustrated than me in for a multitude of reasons because I think you're techie and a lot more tech savvy. So there was a lot more interest and keenness around like – well, this should work and it doesn't, whereas I'm mm. like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I step in, stepped into that role yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and you do. But I, I also think... And we were setting up our studio again and trying to find ways that we were, we were overcoming hurdles. We wanted to do a pod channel. I was determined to make sure that you guys and our listeners could find a place to get numerous uh, different um, variety of shows and content just because we we changed the radio right from radio show back to kind of more of a full-time podcasting thing I wanted it to be I was determined to make it like the the listener experience didn't change it actually was better Mm. and and that put a lot of pressure on us because you know as just I'm like what is it called like when you get an idea it's like that's it you know and kudos to you you just sit there and just support but in those moments of tech, I, f- I found that's where I got where I was I wasn't lashing out, but I I really felt very frustrated in those moments. I think they were really symbolic to me to to where we had landed and where mm. I had landed as a person. Jen, for me, I think um I felt re- the word optimistic comes to mind. Mm-hmm. I think um yeah the 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 months say. October, November, December, there was so much change in my life. Mm -hmm. Coming out of a big nine-year relationship, um, not having our contracts renewed in radio when radio is the only job that I'd ever done Mm -hmm. as an adult. And I'd just come off the back of a um, a four-week trip to Sri Lanka and it was the first time I realised I had ever been an independent adult. Yeah. I'd never travelled and gone on an on a trip on my own and I think off the back of that I was like fuck like I don't know how things are going to pan out Mm -hmm. I've got no money I don't know what's in store but I had this it'll all work out because I I don't know I think maybe that was just the way I coped I think I probably wasn't being maybe I wasn't being realistic I don't know but I just thought nah 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 because everything else in my life up to that point I'm like it's always had a way of figuring itself out somehow mm. so I'm, yeah I was like I don't know how or when or why but uh we'll be all right I'll be all right I think is and I think I was I was taking out a lot of stuff in work because I was drinking a lot at that time too yeah I remember yeah. um because we just got engaged yeah. which was magic 
but we were celebrating so much. So whilst it's that also was, the time of year though, don't, like yeah, and so yeah. it was heightened. So we it was summer, Christmas, we New li- Year's. We lived by yeah. the beach. We just got engaged. That was kind of crazy. It was like nine months after we met. There was just so much energy and celebration around us that it was amazing and fun. But I'm I, I come down like I come down. So then immerse immerse that into change and and unfamiliarity and a bit of a bit of anger really was just this yeah that's why that stands out strong and I feel a bit guilty for saying that because there was a lot of joy underlying there too but that joy I think was that it went a bit extreme with the celebration the partying for what I can handle Mm. so I, I more remember struggling with that than I remember the joy and let's not forget because when there's dark stuff you're almost a bit wanting to stick your finger up at the dark stuff too I think there's probably a bit of f you like this is a good time I'm gonna enjoy myself I'm gonna force myself to so fuck you know like heightened emotions yeah I think there's a bit of that yeah okay Feb I've got I don't know what I was doing in February what were you doing in February I've got the word reality I think reality started a little bit to kind of sink in like I I would avoid dad's calls my dad's a real realist and sometimes I love that about him and sometimes I hate it. Mm-hmm. And I think um, of that optimistic floating around towards the end of last year and the beginning of that year, coming mm-hmm. off the back of that trip, everything's going to be right. How? Don't know, mm-hmm. but it probably will. Mm-hmm. I think um, my dad would ask questions like, oh, well, What's going on? Have you got any job offers? You know, is radio you know, all this? And he would ask real, um, real practical questions, and I would just get really defensive. Where I was mm. like, "This isn't. We're not secretaries. Like, we don't apply for jobs. We don't have a resume. Mm. Like, something will come up." But in the back of my mind, I could hear myself because I was getting defensive. Mm. But I think there was a reason why because he was asking questions that I was too terrified to ask of myself. So there was not completely. I was still very optimistic and things would be fine and, you know, wanting to take that approach, trying to force it on myself probably. But I think there was this little voice of reality that starts to go, okay. And I think money-wise I started to go, shit, what are you going to do now? Mm. Because you're also living in the eastern suburbs, mm. living a pretty lavish lifestyle. Yeah, we do. You're going out most weekends, drinking, eating like a queen. Yeah. So what's going to happen here? Yeah, yeah. Like those funds are going to dry up at some point. Mm. So a, an element of what does my Monday to Friday or my seven-day week look like, the reality I started to be a bit like, that's yeah. terrifying. Money had to come in to, in February because what we would have been not working since October. Mm. We've got some of that money, but then you know I had savings and bits and pieces. But you started to go, whoa, and I think as well that there was a time where really early days I also said to you, I'm tired. I'm tired of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's and probably I, around that time. I think. Yeah, it was I think, warm. I remember when we had that. Yeah, tap. and I was just mm-hmm. like. I've been busting my gut and we both have, but I played a different role in selling the Thinker Girls, selling Thinker Girl before that, you know, and really hustling. And I was pretty exhausted and also gutted because that hustle had led to something quite amazing. And I just couldn't see, I couldn't see the light between the trees. You know, I was just a bit, um, I was just tired by this point, I think. 
and the fear comes in mm-hmm. like you were saying like mm-hmm. the, you've, it's interesting because I think underlyingly the similar similar similarities that we have throughout the year but it's so interesting to see how you both can deal with it completely differently in different circumstances different lives but also how things play out and that money of fear played out from I think exhaustion of of yeah of I don't want to do that again mm. you know we've heard the story about me the garage and all this kind of stuff and I was like and I know that I didn't have that because I was getting married and I had this other form of security but at the same time I never looked at that as this fall back on thing because I've just always been so independent it never it's been great and I've been very grateful of being able to have that support but it's never felt easy or relaxed for me I I like the idea of being able to look after myself and contribute to what is now our new little family March Mm. lost Mm. the word lost comes to mind because I was just like having this I think it's not just the circumstances of like break up, moving, losing a job, all that kind of stuff. Like they're obviously things that you that happen to you or you experience that you kind of get through and it's mm. full on that they all happen around a similar time. Mm. But I think on top of that, I this year have also been in a place in my life, I think at 28 and Saturn Returns and all that kind of stuff where I have – even exterior to all of those circumstances, even if we got another radio job and I was set, I think I would be going mm. through this internal dialogue of saying, who are you, babe? Mm. What are you doing? Mm-mm. What do you want? Because I'd started to have that even when we had the mm. security mm. and we had the predictability of knowing where our next paycheck was coming. There was something else bubbling in you. Yeah. I don't think you could ever articulate it. No, I couldn't. And you know what it is? I have started to think about this. I operate very well. I mean, you could argue. You probably could very much argue with this. But internally anyway, I think I I work all right not knowing and having uh, having a – um. Having space, I think sometimes I feel a bit – I feel confined with knowing what the next thing is sometimes. Mm. Mm. And whilst I'm like, I need stability, I need – you know, Yeah, because you've said that a lot. You said I really like the team and I like that stability but then at the same time I think you were kind of not liking that towards the end of Nah, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. And I think I – because I I think back to my – it's been a very reflective year and you figure yourself out and what you like and what you don't. And some a lot of the things surprise you because you've been mm. telling yourself yeah. for 28 years 100%. one thing when in actual fact, you know, when I was like craving stability and I relied on you so heavily for that, I put mm. all of that basically on your shoulders. Mm. I think in actual fact I think about, you know, even my first radio job, that not knowing, you know, like you're climbing, like that that element of, hustle and needing to get that this so I can get that next job and from that next job when to where but I still had no although I had an idea of where I wanted to get there was still a lot of unknown mm. so that when we were in a two-year contract which is quite rare for mm. big contracts in radio like that often it's a 12-month thing mm. for two years to in that second year I mean there was stuff going on in my relationship but I was kind of waning around a bit where I was like I'm 26. Yeah, you weren't tick. you weren't awake like I've you were. Nah, yeah, I was coasting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've achieved my dream job tick and I was fucking lost. Mm. I didn't know 
what to do with myself. I don't know. It's like when you're in a photo and you're like, what do I do with my hands? Mm. I'm like, I'm here and I'm present, but I'm also somewhere else. Mm. So trying to reinvigorate and force yourself to come up with another dream or aspiration because you feel like you've clocked the one you've had for the last decade was a head fuck for me. Mm -hmm. Because at the same time, I was incredibly grateful to be where we were. Not to mention the grief you have. I don't know if this is what you can say, but you go back and go, because we both had these conversations where it was like, where our trade is radio like if you're a plumber you you go find another plumbing job and so there was definitely there was I guess an, an ability to be like all right let's have radio meetings together independently but then there was also and I know this is how I felt and you mentioned that you felt it I don't know if you still feel it now but at the time we were both like I, I want to do content I want to do so as much as there's like this element of that's what I fell back on there was also this lack of ability to keep going with that extra radio dream because we didn't just clock getting some, you know, some kind of slot. We clocked doing this crazy content that I think no one ever yeah, thought and we were going to do. How, how do you go back? How yeah, that that was the th- that was the feeling, yeah. right? That was the feeling. Because we were both like very aware that we could go and knock on and say, "Hey, I can join this team, or I could do this, or I could do yeah. that separately or together." But it was very hard to get your head around the kind of shows then that were available That's for right. that. And it's a feeling of not being able to go back. And I listened to this mm. podcast the other day about disruption and how incredibly important it is and how that stagnant, often laziness, boredom, feeling of coasting can come into play for a lot of people, but particular personality types, which I think is mine, when there's predictability, I freak. Like I'm not really – I don't really quite know how to – handle that sometimes yeah so which has been incredibly because you've found that more you've kind of been you've kind of essentially worked against any of that so any predictability any you have really thrived on the new music stuff and doing all those things of this kind of guessing game and if you can tell your energy is really alive in this I guess it's definitely not a hustle, but it's like this um, yeah. unknown. That's what I mean. Whereas I have craved the opposite. So working alongside you has it, been incredibly challenging no for shit. me. Yeah. No and shit. vice versa, I'm sure. Because it's been it, it's been the thing that I've thought that I wanted the yeah. most and I have avoided the most. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, March for me was like a static, insane, surprising joy like like that I've never experienced in my life I've never experienced this feeling of sparkle like I can't even tell you because I fell pregnant and it was the first time we ever tried and it was really thrown into the mix to be really honest because I have nothing else fucking going on and I was like well I'm 34 and we're together and you're 43 and we want to have kids and whilst this is all happening, maybe we just have a go now and start the process. Like might not mean that we fall pregnant, but we could just at least have a crack. First go. Whoa. <laughs> so I was just totally in shock, totally in shock. But it was a good shock, which was good to know. But I, in hindsight, looking back, and I didn't feel it at the time, mm-hmm. But in hindsight, looking back, I was in way more shock than I think I realised at that time. I never, because we've got, our odds are insane. It was just so 
unlikely that that was going to happen. So it was almost like this, we'll play with fire because we know it's safe. Like not that you don't want to fall pregnant, but Mm. you're kind of trying. And I've heard a lot of people say this, that they try and then they fall pregnant and then they bawl their eyes out because they're like, oh, fuck, it's happening. Like this is going to change my life. So, yeah, it was complete like you're kidding me. And then I had this moment where I was like, oh, okay, I don't reckon this could have happened so quickly if I had have been at the radio station. And I had this mm. moment where I thought it was all panning out. So it was it, – it was What do you this, mean? What do you mean by that? Well, I thought maybe I had some like serious stress with Kiss, you know. It wasn't it, – I love radio and I have loved radio. And looking back, both of us have said we've worked a different network. There was a really full-on intensity to that particular network that it wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, for different reasons, I had adrenal fatigue in the middle of the year and it was just stressful. My body was under a lot of stress. We both were. It was intense. It was an intense period. Our producing team, everybody was. We were under-resourced. And whilst we were having a fucking ball, which I was – um, my body was really struggling, I think, with also being on nights and, you know, kind of this real warped world and these 13-hour days. And, yeah, I think it takes its toll on anybody, not just myself. Um, and I also felt like I was running that team, you know, and so without having any kind of recognition or sometimes respect for that. So it was just constantly and in a dialogue that really flared up anxiety for me of just who are you who else is gonna you know like it was just Mm. this insanely stressful situation Mm. that was going on behind closed doors that I tried to communicate but it was also hard Mm. so I just thought to myself there's not a fucking chance I could have fallen pregnant like this if I was in that place so I really felt that's a big thing to realize I think well it was this I really felt this beautiful moment where I thought I felt like it was all gonna work out Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) then April and then it didn't um, do you want to lead into April then? Well, then From, we we yeah. um we were ecstatic and we told lots of people because it was kind of this insane moment and and I'm and I wasn't not one for rules or process or tradition. This twelve week thing didn't really feel that it was relevant to us or to me. Um, so it was a pretty magical time. And then we, I had a panic attack the day before our first scan and the, and I just wasn't sure what it was about. I started to feel not pregnant anymore. I was quite sick. Like I was very nauseous, very early, had massive boobs. I was thinking about having sex the other day pregnant and how awesome it was. Cause I was just like, they kind of, my boobs are pretty saggy. They like came up and big they were huge but they sat up mm. was like awesome and i felt very sensual and sexy and so i was feeling great and then i just didn't feel pregnant all of a sudden and then i had a panic attack and then the next day we didn't have a heartbeat so we were in the scan and i knew but you don't know because you've never been pregnant before and and everything that I thought was working out fell apart again. And it just was harrowing. And the grief continued in a way the next few months that I, I thought I kind of got through bits. But I um, I just don't – I didn't expect to fall pregnant already. Mm-hmm. So then the, another blow – it was just blow after yeah. – you know, it was just – 
it was so intense and my panic attacks were flaring up and and I and Ben and I were fighting a lot it was just he was in shock and he went through his own grief in a different way and it was a it was a terrible time was it also the shock of the plan or the 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 path that you thought in your head changing you know what I mean you know how how yeah you attach all kind of sense of hope and things are looking up and yeah imagine I get a book deal and I can write while I'm pregnant yeah and and you have and as much as you're like don't get ahead of yourself of course there are those ideas that you put in your head that you're like shit I've been through the ringer and now it's time to feel yeah, yeah to feel good you deserve this yeah this so is then, why, so then yeah. when so there that, was going to be something bad yeah. and it was going to be then yeah. matched with something good and it wasn't. Mm. I mean, I've spoken about the podcast and I go into length of this story so we can put that in show notes also um, about how magic that march was and I don't want to ever take away from that period of time but it was short and it was not, you know, it doesn't, it can be remarkably beautiful and just as equally gutting and devastating you know a few weeks after we were just under eight weeks um well we were no we were yeah just under eight weeks and then it continued on um I didn't miscarry naturally so I was still pregnant for many weeks after that scan so and it was a horrific time too because in those 10 days they didn't really check my file so they were like your dates could be wrong and I'm like we felt so they like have gave you more hope in thinking that there yes was they said 50 percent could be that you i've got oh. your dates wrong and i said well i said to ben when we got home because you're in so much shock i said that's not right like we did iui they track my ovulation like the date is bang on we know when uh, 24 hours give or take and so ben was like don't be like that you need to be positive i'm like but use your fucking brain he was just clinging to anything mm. and so that was hard and you know it was pretty powerful how I was able to be in Melbourne with my family, um, but I was on a. I remember I was on a blues train, oh, fucking lol, so random. And I kept thinking that I was bleeding, like I was going to start bleeding, and I I got off the train. I like made like there was a stop, and I just walked home by myself. Everyone was freaking, and I was like, I can't do this, I can't be here. nah, um, because you just never knew when it was going to come. Like it, you never knew if it was going to exit your body at a certain time. Oh, mm. it's rough. Uh, April for me. God, I reckon that was a bit. Um, what the fuck? Mm. <laughs> I think that's when reality started to kick in. That's when I got my first nannying job. Mm-hmm. I remember speaking to you on that blues train, and I was sitting on one of the kids' beds. On the blues train. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was like folding moshing downstairs. That time for me uh, felt um, – it felt like what a fall from grace. <laughs> That's how I felt. Mm. I was just like it was confronting for me to sit down in front of a laptop and think, all right, Christy, it's time for you to write a resume. What can I pop on there? Right. From the time I was 20, I'd worked in radio, on air. So I'm like, great. I'm good at, I'm good at radio. I can tell a story. I can spin shit. You know, I, you know, I get content. I can, I'm funny. I'm good at storytelling. But also, radio doesn't want me. So what other skills have I got to be able to translate that to <laughs> other than spins a good yarn over a beer at the pub? 
are nothing. And I went through this whole self-loathing mode where I would uh, just, I was like, you're a fucking loser. This was the dialogue I had to myself. Like I would sit in front of that laptop and I would like, I just remember sitting there Googling good resume, <laughs> literally copy and pasted the skills that someone on Google had said. Cause I was like, but what skills did they have? Like what was the job? What was their resume? Like, were oh, they, it was like uh, standard resume oh, like, okay. yeah, yeah, for yeah. anyone, you know, yeah, like, right. Good work ethic, you know, like works well in a team. I was like, because I was that lost. Yeah, yeah, And I think yeah. sometimes you have those moments of um, panic where yeah, you go, yeah. I know nothing. Ugh, there's nothing here. I'm yeah. a dickhead. I'm a loser. I know nothing. I'm, I'm going to die in a gutter. <laughs> I just, I can't afford food. Um, so I think I, um, I was also like, genuinely what jobs am I going to apply for and that's when I told you I was like I think I'm going to have to drive an uber or work in a cafe or nanny and then of course me going and Stacey goes I was like can we contact uber and create a series and I was like bitch I just wanted to go undercover please just I want to be anonymous I was trying and then I was also saying I didn't want to do that stuff anymore but I couldn't and I, then oh. and then you went into brand management mode where I was like, I'm gonna fucking have to work in a cafe because I literally like I have I I think my yeah, money got down to like it was under a hundred bucks in my bank account and I was like doop dee doo dee doo <laughs> And I but there was still part of me that it was like something will come up. Like something <laughs> magical will happen. <laughs> and we were also working still pretty hard on this. But channel, I just knew you know, but like, I would, but it was in denial mode because mm. I was like I'll just sit at my laptop for seven and a half hours a day doing thinker girl stuff, right? Like yeah, yeah. answering emails, doing online. So like hopefully I'll just do this and something will come out of thin mm, air. But that yeah. was a real time where I started, reality started setting. I think my fa- I think my family is like I love them and they were so supportive but dad uh, dad in particular was a bit he was, I think he was a bit worried about me mm. he was like look I'm not sa-, he's like don't give up hope like something will come of it but also in the meantime you're going to have to start thinking about the reality yeah which is it doesn't matter but I remember he he was really um quite integral in that just get on with it mentality because yeah. he's just a well, I get that from him that resilience for sure I'm yeah. incredibly resilient yeah, yeah. where he was like it's just money. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. but what about if someone sees me working in a cafe and we've got to pretend that the brand's doing better than it is, Dad? Mm-mm. And he was like, who gives it? He goes. And that was when you got the cafe job, the jig was up for everything. We started talking about it on the show. We did. We like, we but just, that was the, really it was the straw that broke the camel's back that- because it was incredibly inspiring. I remember watching you being so inspired, so broken, but yet so in- inspired from afar because I was like, none of it matters like it just it needs to just at the end of the day like what's a brand like we're honest like it has to just be what it is yeah we should put the link to that in show notes because there were so many people that connected to that episode which was how interlinked we are as people to what we do for a job yeah right yeah and society puts so much pressure on what success looks like Mm. especially to be defined by your occupation and we were in this space where for the entire time for the last 10 years 
asked somebody asked me what I did for a job and I said I work in radio and I got the most beautiful wow yeah. it's such oh a oh my god thing. tell me about it oh this reaction and which I, we used to end up hating hilariously but I was I felt um ashamed that I did, that I couldn't give people or myself that reaction of wow anymore I was a mm. bit like oh that I would, you're, I'm a bit embarrassed. Well, we spoke about that on that show as well because so much of our family's um, own story was very linked into our success. So when you become semi-profile like or known or whatever and it might not have been um, a Lara Bingle or fucking Nicole Kidman level of fame, but you know, in our version, in our circles, we're probably some of the more uh, well-known people or some kind of a version of celebrity or fame that uh, that anyone knows. You know, I don't think there are many people, like unless they work in the industry in my family, that know all of these people that are on the telly or on the radio. So our, our careers also were very linked to people's identities with what we were for them to say they are. So it was, you know... You take on that sense of... Yeah, loss of disappointment yeah. from other people. Because you can hear too, it in I them. Think. You know, yeah. they, well, what am I going to say to Sheila at work that's asking where you've gone on the radio? I'm like, well, I don't fucking know because I don't know for myself. So I'm not so concerned about Sheila, Arnie, fucking Sarah. I have so many Arnie's. Like, mm. I was thinking I'm going to pop one name out. No, <laughs> just me. Um, but Arnie, Sarah's like kind of hiding it as concern for you. But then it's also about what she or your dad or. So it's other people that love you are going to say to their people for their story because mm. not only did we get this, mm. oh, wow, that's what you do, but so did people that loved us. And mm. so that pressure was intense. Those answers, I remember my mm. uncle saying to me, you know, like, what do you do all day? You know, like you were just some person that sat around. Like, and it was just so hard to even remotely explain that to people. So you can't get angry at them, but... There were so many more layers that went into our own struggle with it that we, you'd, people don't understand. You'd get the calls all the time because so many people were invested in the kind of careers that we had. Yeah, it felt like a letting down. I felt like I was letting people down. I just felt embarrassed and quite um, – I think I got defensive in many ways, you know, like, fuck, like, you know. And I and you, like you, I would try and pretend it was all – great Mm. um which for some of it it was and our audience by this point started to grow again that's another thing so how did you feel april may May. well i think in may i had my actual miscarriage so i was just so consumed with all this it was so hard like you know there'd be days where i'd come in in to record these shows and i would just be a shell of myself i could barely get out of bed by this point i was i was rough you know, I was in a bad, bad way. And it's really hard for me to say that because I know I was talking about it at the time. But when I look back, I'm like, yeah, I was depressed. I was I was just, I had to really, really motivate myself to get up. Mm. So I ended up having a, a voluntary DNC because the, 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 um, the embryo, whatever it's called, the sac, I don't fucking know the technical terms, but my baby wouldn't leave. So I had to go and do it myself. And we got to almost 12 weeks. I was going into a second trimester and I'm like, oh, no, I'm not Because you're waiting for it to pass naturally. Yeah, I wanted. And a few people, I knew I would have a DNC in my gut. And this is, I just knew it wasn't going to come. 
I just knew this little spirit was kind of not was comfy and because <laughs> I gave it space to live till it wanted to live many people are like, I need it to be this and I did so much self-work and so much healing and so much meditation and ceremony around being like it's okay that you were only seven and a half weeks old I you know not even forgive you I'm okay you were here to have the journey you needed I wrote letters I you know I really tried to let that be okay for whatever it was at that spirit needed Mm. it was a very spiritual time for me on Mm. the flip side of that Mm. I wasn't doing any yoga and I was often scared to meditate because I was going into such a spiritual place with it but it was also horrifically terrifying I would come out of meditation sobbing and would have visions of baby it was just full on so I mean, I think I couldn't even have probably worked even if I had it fucking, you know. So I would show up to this show and I would just be a shell of myself. But we could see that our audience was not only expand, it wasn't only returning. So people were finding us after Kiss, but it was growing. I think Mm. in a couple months, like I think by the middle of the year, our audience had doubled Mm. and it was insane. We were, you know, but it's so easy to forget that stuff when you don't have money as a currency at this point we didn't no may i don't know what and i think also sorry to interrupt but at that point as well i think i was also told i couldn't get a book meeting this was the time where i'd pitched this book i'd written a chapter and it's just fucking blow after blow so i decided you're not in a great place anyway no and i decided i I, I was told that it's not that i didn't get a meeting i was told that they needed more stuff which is when i decided to build the website Mm -hmm. but it was a long process from there because i was just quite a broken human and i was doing some consulting stuff on the side for friends and you know writing here and there but it was yeah there wasn't a lot going on i don't know what i was doing in may I think there was there was certainly a feeling of uh, spiraling a bit. Like I was uh, drinking a lot, mm. and um, a lot of kind of I'd hang out for weekends, man. Mm. Hang out because mm. I was like, now I'm just like everybody else. <laughs> Everyone else has got two days off, and I've got the two days off, and. Uh, yeah, they hate their work lives and then they hang for the weekend. That's, that's Mondays a lot of the norm. were Sunday nights and Mondays were dread because mm. I was like, what now? Like, here's the reality. Yeah, Mondays were yeah, awful because it was like fuck. we had no structure. Rea- so. like, and that, that was the reality and we didn't record till Tuesday. Mm. So sometimes on a Monday uh, I'd often be like hungover in that self-loathing mm. mode that you often have if you fucking love your life. Yeah. After having a big night, you know, you're sleep deprived, you know, uh, alcohol is a depressant anyway. I've had my fair share of um, issues with booze and will continue to. Mm. I don't think I'm, you know, I don't think I'm ever somebody that can just mindlessly drink and not count their drinks. So, yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff, yeah. which I've spoken about at length and decided to be sober for over a year, would, would be now a year and a half ago. And um, I... Yeah, I just was running, was mm. running away. Mm. Cause, but, but I also had this self-dialogue where I was like, nah, it's shit. So even though I didn't have any money, right, I'd borrowed money off dad, which I'm very lucky that I could have. Not much, but that money, I'd spend that on weekends. Mm. I'd go out and I'd be like, fuck it. Mm. It's been a shit one. You deserve this. Mm. I, I was almost like this rebellion against 
the fact that I was angry and things kind of had a worked out. Yeah, so weekends were a chance to escape that reality because in some way, if you're going out partying on the reg, right, I'm not saying this is for the case for everybody, but certainly the one of the, the mate that I was going out on weekends with, she was trying to escape her own reality too. Mm. Things weren't great for, you know, in other areas with her life. And I think um, – I'm not saying that for everybody that goes out and has a big night, but I think well, there, if you, well, most people that look back at that time consistently, yeah, I was sure. I was running yeah. because I was like, and the higher the highs, the lower the lows, mm. you know. So mm. we'd, you know, those really funny nights that you might have, and that with that also, I have no regret about yeah, yeah. because there are times where we go. Oh my god! Remember we met that guy, and then we ended up back up at his penthouse, and then his brother knew blah blah, and then someone brought out that caftan, and we had that dance off, and then we were doing shots here, and then we ended up going to this penthouse balcony club, like the most crazy, mm. fucking full on, weird, amazing, fun things. Everything was heightened. Mm. It's so funny when you get to that point too. You know, I've had that in different spikes in the time that I was single and it's it's like this, it's like you somehow gain control of an uncontrollable situation and I don't know that you feel like in the moment you've got control but when you're having a good time or you are kind of going fuck it, fuck it, fuck it, it's like you've got the control but oh, you actually sure. don't, you know what I mean? For like sure. I remember that. That's how, definitely how I would have felt back in when I was doing that and when I still do it it, it, you don't have to be single to be in that space no no not at all but the amount of times I would have said fuck it or YOLO yeah like to justify staying or one more or you know all those kind of things where like I knew deep in my gut I didn't want like need to yeah it's funny um June what was June for me, it was like planning um, a big secret, which was that Ben and I were going to elope in New York. So we were, I mean, fuck, there wasn't a lot of planning, I've got to say. We decided that we were doing it. So we had to kind of put this invite out to tell people that we did it. And I had to buy an outfit. Um, <laughs> and it was just making sure that we, like, we just saved a bit of cash and, and buckled down. But also by the mid-June, we were... We were ready to party, Ben and I. We'd like had a year and we're just like, we were a bit fuck it by that, that point At that point, too. you were going fuck 2018. I was like, we're not even halfway through it. <laughs> People normally get that caper on in about November. And in June, that was where we really also honed in, put our heads down and went, um, let's, we were very close. We, we were, we'd gone to another stage of a television show. So by this point, we had been given oh, yeah. this um, opening to really not just we'd pitched and it had been kind of swimming around for a while and then it was like, okay, we actually want to talk commissioning. It's going to be put towards whether we do this or not. So we need episode breakdowns. We need, and that was when we were working pretty hard on that for a few weeks. Mm. Um and it Which was is exciting. It was so great. And Wasn't we had it? such a ball doing it, you know, like I really enjoyed it. It was long hours and but we were just going through old shit and I just loved I've always loved and been very passionate about the content that we do and have done. Um so and it was just nice to be back working together in that kind of capacity because throughout the year we've both kind of survived in our own different ways. So we come in, come out, come in, come out, and mm. it felt like we'd we were creating again together, not just mm. surviving together. Mm. So that was really nice too. June for me, um, 
I think I was going through this like phase of deep questioning mm-hmm. where I was like, like I'd gone into survival mode and I was escaping and rebelling against that on weekends, but I had a cafe job, two nannying jobs and we were doing the podcast. Um, and I think it's really important, which we've spoken about on this show and on the radio show before about having jobs or doing jobs that you don't like mm. because it gives you a bit of perspective mm. on, okay, something to compare it to. Mm. And I think I filled up my time, and I still do this, I fill up my time so much that I, um, I don't know, I don't really have that much chance to think about things. Mm-hmm. But it, around that, t- I don't know, I think everybody thinks about, you know, the six-month, 12-month mark, mm-hmm. you know, and I had kind of given myself that, 12, like this year, I was like, 2018, mm. let's throw lots of things against the wall and see what sticks. Mm. So when you, when you start to get to that halfway mark, whether you're a half empty, half full kind of gal, mm. I started to be like, okay, it's been, it's half the year now. Where are we at? What are you, what are you doing? So I started intensely journaling again. I hadn't been meditating at all mm. and I started to go a bit more – you know, and through Within. that time I was sleeping with a lot of people. I think I was going on a lot of dates. Like there was that guy, you know, that I was seeing and I think that kind of fizzled out around. Well, it was a few more months to go because we would have come back and got married and then you threw that didn't. No, that was the engagement. No, it was the engagement. Yeah, so right, I think it was okay. around that time. Yeah, okay, yeah. I think I started to get a bit like, okay, what, where where, where are we at? Let's yeah, 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 let's – this has gotten a bit messy now. So mm. for you to move forward or do – create anything new or think about new things I knew I had to ask myself some questions Mm. so I started journaling and every night I would write like who am I what do I want what am I good at what do I like what like like really going back to basics what were you writing I'm a creative I'm a storyteller um a connection with people I miss having I I miss um having a like a team like and Mm. and because I feel like with us, whilst it was stunning and we had our own little team, there was uh, still like an element of it being pressurised, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think and I think because I was single too, I was, I don't know, like I didn't have many other outlets to be able to think about other ideas or other ways of expressing myself, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I, f- I could find frustrating. So I think that was like this building mode where I started to think about and I kept – coming back to what I always wanted to do and loved to do when I was younger and that was music and singing. How? So when you were writing creative and all that, you would get to that at the bottom or was that like where was no, that? No, it was always list? at the top. Yeah, right. Always at the but top. But you didn't say that. No. Nah, like I just then when I said – no, but when I just said to you then, I was like, what were you writing? Because I thought you were going to say that, but you still didn't say it. You are like, I was a storyteller, I was this, I was this, and you didn't say music at all. I think – no, no, no. Maybe singer wasn't at the at the very top, but I think – what I've realised is the way I communicate, the way I storytell or the way I connect okay. is through because yeah, okay. that's when I was like, well, how? Yeah, so then yeah. I can write oh, yeah, all this yeah, fancy yeah, shit yeah, on a yeah. list but also practically how am I going to yeah. do that? And I kept, that's when I kept coming back to the mid. But yeah, how, right. how I was I didn't know. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. July for me was uh, intense and amazing all at once. Um, I got married and in New York we had a, a, a trip that we went away for about three weeks. It was my other husband's uh, 40th birthday, Ben's other. best mate. <laughs> um, and he, yeah, he wanted to go overseas, going through a marriage separation or divorce. And he was kind of saying, uh, you two are playing on my birthday and I want to go. And at the time... You ben- two was in the band, not you two. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was like, you guys, you and Ben were playing? Like, what? Um, yeah, so he said he, he wants to go. And so the conversation opened and Ben looked like he was about to have a stroke because at this point we <laughs> had very... Ben and I have very different ways of managing money and he's really traditional, has always had very traditional jobs and he's still in media and he's a creative but he hasn't really ever... Um, done the freelance thing he's always been lucky enough to be able to roll pretty much back to back of work and he's very very successful and very good at what he does but that's just not been his journey he also owns property he's like he's just done things a different way I on the other hand are fucking rogue and had so many different careers before I found my way into media and was just constantly experimenting and trialing that's really what my the the big scope of my career has been has been jumping to things that inspire me and that doesn't mean that it stays the same and I've been very brave in letting things go and starting things new from from pretty young and I don't think at the time in my 20s I ever looked at it as being brave I thought I was just a fucking couldn't decide what I want to do and blah 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 but when I look at it now I think no I, I it's so much it's was it's so hard to walk away from things that are good or stable and I kept doing that and I've always done that and I've always always been able to fall back on an understanding of law of attraction and and really trusting that process was money coming in the same level as it was when I was on a radio salary fuck no was money coming in enough for us to hit particular points yeah here and there but I had this ability to be like well we you've got to give me this space to be able to work through this and also there was, you know, there was lots of loss and different things that went on as well with my path. So we got to this point where Ben's like going grey because I'm like, we should go to fucking, yeah, yeah, we should, we're going to come. And, and he's just like, how? And, and I knew exactly how. There, there, was a, there was total ways for us to go. He's been able to set himself up very well but isn't a person that he's a rainy day person. And I sat with, down with him one day and said, I understand you've got this amount of money, but what do you want to do with it? What is it there for? 
You don't need that much money for an emergency. And we really had to sit down and have a bit of a think about, I respected his way because I certainly didn't need to be as, I guess, um, flaky and unstable as I had been, particularly when we were thinking about starting a family. So I definitely wanted to learn more about his way, but I needed him to start also learning about mine. Well, I remember there was one point where you said, it's a definite that Ben will go. Maybe I'll join him. Because right. I remember you were encouraging him. Yeah, that, that you was were first like, and Use foremost. your money. Your best friend has gone through this stuff. He wants to go overseas. It's been a rough year. Use the money that that's you've worked right. so hard for. Yeah, I wasn't like, go. I want to go to New no, York. No, I just yeah. thought it was worth pointing out. Thank because you. it I wasn't. Forgot. But it wasn't always a done deal that you two were going. No. You were the one encouraging him and going, oh, fuck, I've been through the ringer. But also... So you was go, he, you yeah. Go, babe. yeah, and he can afford it. Like it wasn't a question. And what's it all there for if you can't enjoy it? And so you know, so he did that, and he said, "Well, I really want you to come." And then we we had already thought about eloping, and we thought about eloping in March, April, because that would have been a year that we would have been together. And then we felt pregnant, and obviously lost our baby, so that changed our mind. So then we re looked at it and said, "Should we elope in New York?" And we said yeah fuck yeah that's exactly what we should do and that's exactly what we did Mm -hmm. and it was the best and it was crazy because I didn't think I wanted to get married and I found my way to Ben and I found my way of being able to commit to him and a way to celebrate it that worked for us and it was a magical day it wasn't the you know won't be the best day of my life for the rest of my life I don't see it as this it's going to always be an integral special incredible day I hope there's more days that are even better. Like I don't I don't have this pressure on that, you know? Like I wanted to marry him, I wanted to be with him. However that played out was going to be incredibly special, but and and a, a crazy moment in time to really unite us. But what I wanted was that un, that that confirmation that we were going to be together. Ah, mm. uh, July. July for me was newness rediscovery mm-hmm. um, and I do actually think that the older you get the harder it is to sit in that place of not knowing anything yeah that really is I think we all get a bit proud and we know the way and what's worked for us in the past and a bit know-it-all uh, it's very difficult to kind of open up your hands and be like I know nothing Someone teach me or I'm going to learn this from the start again. Mm. And that's how I had this feeling where I was like, okay, I kind of dropped. I felt like I really dropped that charade and that pride where I was like, okay, if you're going to, if you keep thinking about this music thing and singing again, because I sang a lot when I was younger and studied music after um, school and then I lost a lot of confidence in myself I had a couple of people tell me that you're not really good enough and then I thought to myself, you're not really good enough. So I shut up shop really and I didn't sing in public or at gigs or anything like that for probably about 10 years and then I just got a radio job so there was always always an excuse to be too busy not to do it. Yeah. When in actual fact I just it felt incredibly personal mm. and wasn't something that I was really willing to do um, and open myself up for judgment for. Mm. So that this was the time of the year where I was like, I'm sick of hearing you, Christy, say that maybe this is a possibility. If you're going to do it, just do it now. Yeah. It's time. Like, yeah. It's been six months. Like, 
you know, financially I was in a place where I was doing fucking random jobs and I was able to pay rent and still enjoy myself on a weekend. Mm -hmm. And whilst I stripped back a lot of things, like it's hilarious when you realise it's all relative and, you know, you can live kind of comfortably on a big amount of money but also quite comfortably on this minimal amount of money too. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I went for a year and a half without never having shellac on my fingernails. You know what I mean? Like but those was, things. First world. Yeah, problems, there were just things where I was like, oh, you're still living right near the beach yes. in Sydney, like you know. You know that, what I mean? Like yeah. I just kind of stripped it right back. Woe is me. It's yeah. not, you know. We, and, uh, yeah, I was quite comfortable really in mm. that. Where I was like, I don't need to get my hair done. I don't need new clothes because there was probably I don't know for over twelve months I didn't buy any new clothes. It was funny because we would still get sent things here and there, and you know, like we we, we were very provided for well, when, just, when yeah. it needed. It showed I just up. realized. I just didn't really need oh, I no. don't know, just didn't need all of the things that you thought you needed desperately. No. So then um July was the was the time that I did my first ever paid singing gig. Mm. First ever. Mm. Yeah. And it just I just felt like I kind of opened up a bit of a floodgate and a new part of myself. Yeah. As a different person too. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I think it would have been such an interesting thing if you had started doing that again and it would have not felt the same but it was almost like a you had paused a button like a tape player and then just unpaused it and you kind of went through the same storyline which is impossible because it was 10 years ago or something so it was you know it's just interesting to see when you start doing something that you love and you have the last story you have was maybe not a positive one yeah you have you can see how much you are also a different person and that's not necessarily the the challenges you'll face now because yeah. they're challenges from 10 years ago. I think I'd had enough hindsight of 2018 by that point <clears throat> just after the halfway mark where I'd started to see the positivity and the possibility and the newness and the real rough pushing you through the door before you're ready for something. I started to see all of that side of of the bad stuff. Mm. of the change and the feeling unhinged and not knowing what the fuck was happening because I knew deep down in my heart there is no possible way I would have felt as vulnerable and stepped into music again or a space um, that felt like I was starting again had I not been forced. Mm. It's interesting. I wouldn't have. There's no way. If we got another job at Kiss, there's no way. Like if I just got job after job after job, I would have died being like, oh, Maybe I could have sung again. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I, and I was 28 when that happened to me of wanting to be on air. Mm. Same deal. It was interesting. I, we, I, the show was no longer. Yeah. So it was like you move to Sydney and keep being an online producer or you fucking actually go for your dream. Like yeah, you get for, for what yeah you but do. you get forced. Yeah. Because if you had the option if someone said, hey, mm. this thing you've been thinking about. And it's you? hard. You'd be like, no, 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 no. Same deal as well yeah. with you. The thing that you were kind of walking away from or at least changing it up is something that you also liked. Do you know what I mean? Like I liked the radio show I was working on. So, and you know, you would have liked the radio job and the thinking, those kinds of things. Mm. And as much as it did go, there was still elements of you could keep doing them or you could keep concentrating on them 100% of your time if we really wanted to, I think, which was hard for us because we could continue to put 
100% of our energy into this brand mm. um, if we wanted to. Yeah. But it just it got to a point where it was like I think mm. that we've got enough going on to let it breathe a bit and see what presents itself. Yeah. And that was what we decided to do fairly early on. And the podcast channel was the main thing of that until the TV show came up. So then August happened and we got the rejection of that TV show. So we were told that it was definitely not happening. And that was a really big thing for me. I, yeah. I, I looked at that as a very big symbol on, I don't know, where we were going commercially and the feedback was all really, it was the ABC that we almost got off the ground with and I really, really rate this executive mm. and his feedback was quite poignant. and Poignant in that you agreed with it almost? I don't know. I just think that it taught me things or it just allowed me to think about things that I hadn't thought about before. So it opened up my mind and I don't get that all the time. So it was just, okay, right, I've got to think about this. And I came back and said to Ben, I want to buy this online course. And essentially it was called a spirit junkie course and it was online. It was incredibly expensive. And I said, I need to come back with something probably a bit similar to you. This is the second half of the year. I've got to come back to figure Mm, it out. mm -hmm. We also found out the day I got back, the day I got back from New York, I was, we found out that ABC was off, but we also got our first big revenue from the pod channel. And it was a bit, it was a great day. McCafe, remember McCafe? (sighs) Yeah, I was in Byron with my friends at the time. And it was a big amount of money. we were like, yeah it was awesome it was so, sh- it was shock too yeah it was and it was like okay the tv stuff didn't work but the podcast stuff is is happening mm. so let's just keep doing that but that's not a full-time gig anymore yeah. and so it was like what the fuck am i gonna do mm-hmm. so i did this course and thought about all right i'm gonna do it to try and figure out what kind of website i want to craft i knew i wanted to do single girl stories I knew I wanted Mm. to tell my stories and lessons of when I was single to help other people in that situation. I'd been very clear on that for a very long time. So I thought, fuck it. If I can't figure out how I'm going to get a book off the ground immediately, I don't really want to self-publish at this point. I'll consider that if I need to. But I was really determined to put together Mm -hmm. something that gave a bit of a, I don't know, just get my work out there in a way. So I did this course, which was all about finding ways to create through your spirituality. And at this point, I was getting pretty hardcore. I was starting to hear a lot of things. I was starting to cross over a lot. I was meditating ridiculous amounts. I was just, I had this time and I was going really within because I was incredibly challenged personally. And I was just trying so hard to get out of this anxiety kind of funk that I was in. And it was day to day and it was hard and dark and grey sometimes and then dark and then grey was a good option. It was really got grey. Eventually I would get maybe some shades of light blue, but it was really full on. And I was like, I need to shift this up. So I did this course and towards the end of it, I realized that it was a life coaching course. I had no idea. I signed up because I wanted to find different ways to create, similar to how you were talking about with storytelling. Like... How can I get the things out that I'm supposed to be doing as opposed to what I want to do or what I strategize to do? Because mm. I'm a f- vicious, very, very, very good strategist. I have vision and I know how to get things off the ground. But I was done with that approach because mm. I had done that in the past. I'd done that with the Thinker mm. Girls and it it didn't pan out the way I wanted. So I was like, no, I'm going to go back and take my hands off the wheel heel here. And if you listen to the show before, I talk about surrender and I talk about the moment of choosing a sign. I can put that in show notes as well. And I really said, okay, 
you guide me. I'm mm-hmm. done with making the rules. Mm-hmm. You, if I can't, I can't figure this out. I'm, I'm done with figuring this out. Tell me where to go. So that was a big, it was a great month for me. I felt great. I started to feel, I was challenged still, but I felt Is alive. Is this July, August? August. August, yeah, yeah, yeah. I started to feel really alive. I was getting up and just waiting to go and do this course. I am a self-help junkie. Like I've always loved it. I've always frothed of it. And then I was doing it in a course to essentially teach others. But I didn't really realize that was what the course was. So it kind of accidentally fell into it being so much of a way to teach. And I loved it. You were back that month though. Yeah. Not 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 back in – and I don't mean it's like, oh, you disappeared and you're sad and then surprise, you're back. But there was certainly My a personality different energy. To, there was yeah. a – well, there was a different energy, mm. like coming in. We record um, our studio is in your ha- in your mm. home, Mm-mm-mm. so yeah, it was just a different space of a morning to come in on a Tuesday or whatever day we would record or see each other. And there was like a sense of busyness yeah. around yeah. you again. That was like, all right, well, I've just got to finish this, and let's grab a coffee. That was just a different. Yeah, yeah, you were like, um, I wasn't dragging my feet as much. Nah, you're awake. You yeah. know, you were like, all right. We've got to do this because we've got to be done by this point. And I think as well when we started to make money from the pod channel too, that helped me a bit, Mm. you know, because I kind of was feeling pretty pretty unmotivated at times. Um, So I felt like I was back Mm. with that too. So it was a good, it was a good, it was a good time. August for me was hustle mode. Mm. I was like, all right, let's, let's work. All right, the music thing, you've done your first gig, you've got a taste for it. Now what? So I just had this sense of um, if you're going to make it work, let's give it a good hard crack. Yeah. I don't know. There's no rules to how to do this. And I was very um, around this time, had been for a lot of the year, but this time in particular, very outward facing. Mm. Like I'm very um, much, I think, a curious kind of learner very like what's your way and I'm not saying I'll agree with it but I'm take, I'll am i take it in and compare it and think mm. take bits and pieces out of it and I think in that space where I was just meeting so many different people mm. and inspired by so many different people musos have this um, ability I think I think that often comes with it being any kind of creative but when there's not that much money in it but you mm. do it anyway it really builds this real sense of passion mm. and uh, you know a lot of them are very clever and could have you know their whole value system are, is often very and not to say you can't be successful you know financially as a muse or whatever but I think there's that real sense of um I do it for the love I of do it, it for the love yeah, of it yeah, man yeah, because yeah. that's what they value yeah, you know and yeah. a, a, what that breeds Different life priorities. yeah it really breeds this type of person that just does what they love and is incredibly present and there's this stunning community of people. And I was just very – had started to – um, I remember about a year ago we did on the radio show where I was like – remember I was like I put out an ad for like a male friend. You? <laughs> yeah, as a joke, remember? I was like I, I've, I've never oh, had yeah, any yeah, friends yeah. that are boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. now I've got so many because a lot of musicians that I've worked oh, with yeah. are boys. That's right. And I really have frothed on just being around – because I think there was a lot of um, – 
sad like sadness and and grief and sense of loss and just being around other energies and male like our producers yeah and people. yeah for and sure ma- and, but also around male energies and oh, I was yeah. taking a lot in where yeah, I was like. Yeah, yeah how do you do this or how do you do that or can I get that contact or going to jams and meet because it's very hard as, to do anything where you know nobody that plays an instrument. Yeah. Like I, although I like music, none of my mates, we're not going mm. to gigs, you know, mm. so you're like how do you start, mm. you know, and it feels incredibly overwhelming. I think this is good advice for anybody wanting to start mm. but not knowing how or when or why. Like Just do just one do, thing. Just one yeah. thing, even just going to Googling how do you and then you go to a how-to night and you make a like yeah, the yeah. way that you can network and I think I had often let let that um side of our business up to you because you're mm. good at it mm-hmm. that networking and mm. I think I kind of was like oh you're better at that than me but I really think I kind of came into my own around that time where I was like oh. I think it's different as well when you've got a different thing you're networking about too mm. you know what I mean like you have very many years of training in music and you know I think you were also quite confident in what your knowledge of that which helps with the networking, you know, mm. like it helps with what you're talking about. Mm. Not so much about, it's not so much about the networking, it's about what you're pushing or what you're talking about or what you're selling or what you're interested in. Mm. You know, I think anybody can do it if they give a shit enough. Mm. Yeah, I, I do. Think that's true. Yeah. Um, I want to, I'm going to do October, November as one. Oh, fuck. You know, things are looking really good, mate. Like I was feeling better. Things are great. I was like, we were making money from the pod channel. I started to do the website, very close to launching it as well. Mm. We were just doing the Bachelor Live show, so that was fun. We were out with an audience again, feeling, I was just feeling myself a bit. And feeling myself. Yeah. Feeling, my, feeling myself. And so. then my brother oh, almost died. Fuck. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> and it's not his fault. But no. I was just like, you're like, and where, that, what, okay. Give me a minute to just breathe for a second. And of course, you don't when you've got um, your sibling in a coma and you're on a flight. You've read a text at 9 30 a.m. and you're on a flight at midday. Like, you're not breathing, you're just moving. And your sibling has had a marriage separation, moving into a divorce. So, really, has you know, that next of kin contact is is definitely a, it's a complex situation with parents that are certainly not up for sole, sole, the sole job, no way. And whether that's my judgment or not, it wasn't a relationship that was a trusting relationship all the time mm. with particular parts of my parents' relationship with my brother. So it was just very clear it was my fucking job to really step up and of course that's what you do for a partner or sibling or a friend but it was just you know the world kind of opens up and you just go into survival mode but also protection mode and I've just never ever experienced having someone so yes it was life or death and then you're you're there trying to create an energy to bring them back from a coma coma it was just intense and and it was so different to all the other big things that had happened over the past 12 months. It brought out more stuff when you're like, fuck, how much more do I have to learn about myself, about my family, about, you know. And But look, the thing on this, on the flip side of that is my brother and I will be transformed forever, mm. you know, like falling asleep at his feet in the hospital like a dog. <laughs> and I did not leave his bedside for, you know, 
a very long time. So it was, oh, it was, it was like, I've never experienced anything like that as well. Like, I know I've said that a few times this year, but on the podcast, but I, I just hadn't. And, and there were times where I was angry and upset and frustrated that I was like, my God, I I just don't know how much more I can handle. I just felt really over being that person in the people's I loved lives. You know, the person that your friends are, you're just constantly saying you're stressed, anxious, unhappy, you know, and actually I never said I was unhappy because I was always very aware that I'd been thrown a lot of curveballs and so I was just trying to manage those and manage them to the best of my ability and it brought up an incredible amount of panic it brought up an incredible amount of anxiety it brought up an incredible amount of discovery in myself and my family dynamic again when I thought that I dealt with a lot um it was completely insane and I did it a lot on my own. Ben was obviously working here and he was down my, my husband when he could be. And, but it was, yeah, it was, it was, I don't have a word for that time. I don't have a word for it. Mm. Survival? I, I, it goes even further than that because it's like survival is like when we lost our job, you got to pay the bills. Like he was dead. Like we lost, like, you know. I don't even think that can be the word because it's used so much of a way to live. And at one point, he wasn't breathing on his own. He wasn't remembering who my mum was. Like, he'd come out from a coma and he didn't know any who anyone was. Mm. We didn't know. Even if he did, his physical body survived. We weren't sure what we were going to get from him. And then, you know, he got better and then he got worse, very, very worse again. So we were in that process again. So he was in a coma, ICU got better then it was open heart surgery for him within a week and he was Mo- back and moved so quickly I, t- I think too that was such a big part of it right that was like a shock well it was a shock and then he got he came out of the coma so then that was a relief and then he went he got better mm. and then he was you know the it's traveled to the heart we need to do open heart surgery he's 34 then he's back in the icu with recovery from that and I knew once the heart was done he would be okay I knew that it was the moments before we detected the heart was the parts that were scary because it felt I felt in my gut we hadn't had the full answer yeah, okay. so you weren't sure what was the that answer yeah, was going to yeah, be yeah. and then when you know it's on the heart even though it was the most incredibly humongous surgery and incredibly dangerous um they do it every day you know we've had Dr Nikki Stamp on this very podcast and she was an incredible support I was messaging her and so it was a, it was a really incredible time it was quite quite spectacular in the most not in the, the way you describe fireworks, like in the mm. way of life, mm. you know. It was fucking uh, – I remember sitting on the phone to you trying to come in for that live show, that getting a flight to come in, and I sat on the floor in the virgin line because my flight was cancelled saying I have to go because I've got to concentrate on breathing because I'm about to black out. It just – the world starts caving in so much that you just – I'm like – barely 56 kilo like 57 kilo I'm just like I, my, I can't handle this I can't do it I'm just like I'm too frail and I wasn't frail just in my physical self I was frail everywhere because I've just been through the ringer mm. so but we survived it and he's okay and you just sit and fucking bathe yourself in things that you're grateful for because it, mm. it gets you through you focus on what you are there to be grateful for there are always things you can be grateful for Always. And I really concentrate on that and to more spirituality. Mm. Um, that period, 
What are we talking? August, September, October. Um, October, November. October, November. Um, I I reckon that was a time. I wasn't done with wasn't done with the year, like in the sense of when you when you were like, all right, I've had enough. Let's cut this. You know, like mid year when you were like twenty eighteen, you go fucking suck a dick. <laughs> yeah, it was and getting even more interesting. Yeah, after yeah, that. yeah. But I was ready. I was like, okay, I'm ready for something new now. Like mm. I'm ready. I'm a bit itchy. Like what's what's happening what, mm. I, and I think I started to think about next year I think mm. I started to get not panicky but I was a bit like all right well I said I'd give myself 12 months and I started to freak and I was like I remember one weekend where I just said to my housemate my best dealers I was like oh, I've mm. just um she's like what are you doing on the weekend I said yeah I've just um I've just got a notebook and I'm just going to go away um, on my own <laughs> weekend and I'm going to plan out my year. <laughs> God love it. Blind support. She's like, yeah, yeah, great. Uh, anything I can do, let me know. And I think I went to the crystal shop. I was buying crystal for a mate and I'm the hippie chicken there after off. And she's just like. In Bondi? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> obsessed with her. And I walked in. There was one of those really windy days. She goes, it's windy outside, but it's windy inside you too. <laughs> I was like, she goes, and I kind of go in there also for like free kind of like. Psychic ability. Psychic help because I'm also like. I can't afford a kinesiologist right now, so also because I was I was also in a mode where we'd gotten a bit of, and I was starting to feel a bit more positive too, like yeah, yeah. At, at, like looking. I was like, all right, and I'm done with looking back. I'm looking forward yeah, now. Yeah. We got a bit of money. I was able to pay my dad back part of yeah, the money that yeah. I'd owed him. So I was like, okay, what's working? What mm, isn't working? Mm, what am I liking? What am I not liking? What am I leaning in towards? What am I completely avoiding and fucking up here? Mm. Like you know, there's. Yeah, I, I, and let, be honest with yourself. So uh, anyway, I walked into this buddy shop and she goes, just so you know, now's it. And this was, I think, the Friday and I was planning on taking my, myself away for a night on Saturday because mm. I was also like, mm. I don't want to be going out and feeling hung and sorry for myself on a Sunday. I need to reset properly, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm starting, people are starting to talk about the end of the year, but there's, you know, Christmas decorations are starting to come out. I'm starting to freak mm. because what have I got to show for this year? Mm. I was like, what if I, every other year of my adult life, I'm like, I've been able to say I've climbed the ladder this much and at the end of this year, I'll be at this point most likely. And I was like, what the fuck have I achieved in this year? Which is ridiculous because there was a lot mm-hmm. that we and that I had mm-hmm. overcome and achieved. Totally. And she goes, just so you know, now's a terrible time to be planning. <laughs> she the goes, crystal lady. Yeah, she goes, uh and I started laughing. I go, and by that point I'd met a couple of different people and I'd started singing with different people and different DJs and I was starting to be like, right, it's time to put this down on paper. And, you know, and how, how will it look next year and how will the podcast look next year and how will music and how will my life, how will my, will I probably have met a person by that point? So I was like, okay. Now okay. No, seriously, I'd bought a notebook and butcher's paper for this reason because I was like, bitch, be planning out of 2019. Like, and I was like, oh, my God. I started laughing to myself and I called Loz and I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah, I said I was going away. I said I've got ideas of what I'd like. But I, I was like, trying to plan out to a T, the way it will pan out is a ridiculous pressure to put on myself, isn't it? And she's like, yeah. I wasn't going to say anything, but, you know. So, yeah, I think... Towards the end of this year, 
I've found, um, I guess, that sense of stability in other ways, like other relationships, mm-hmm. other friendships, other other places to have, um, I don't know, because I think at the same time I've also discovered this year something really important about myself in that um, I I quite like, not instability, because I think that it like sounds a bit unhinged, but there probably is an element of that to me. Like I probably, I'm okay at this point in my life looking towards next year of knowing that there are certain things that I'd like to be involved and a part of and work and though these things would be nice, mm. but also I'm kind of open. Mm. So December comes, we're here. So we're right here. So November, like towards the end of November, I was starting to think about, I don't know, like maybe trying for a baby again. But it wasn't really so much of that focus that it wasn't like, okay, so now I need to put everything on hold and do that. It was more about where am I going to be my best self? Where am I going to offer some security to this potential new family? And how am I going to create space and this safety for that to come in, you know, because I really think that that's important to consider. And up until this point, it had been a bit, oh, well, if we fall pregnant, we fall pregnant. But now it was like, nah, mm. we've got to take, I've got to take this seriously. And it was funny. We had this conversation laughing about an old radio person that we both knew and how they'd moved to this um, town as, and be, and became a pro- program director. And we were pissing ourselves because we'd worked with regional program directors for such a long time. And a lot of them were cowboys, but a lot of them had been on air and not quite made it on air and then t- taken roles as program directors in smaller markets. And we would laugh about them endlessly for a long time for many reasons. But one of them was, oh, no, guys washed up, can't can't get a job, blah, blah, blah. And it was probably me, but that's what you do sometimes with your mates. And it was interesting because we were talking about another one of that in the car and we were laughing and you were laughing. But I, I remember feeling very different to how I'd felt in the past. I remember and I remember being very observant to how different I felt because mm. this was a conversation. We'd have many radio conversations over the years. And I thought... I kind of started to understand why this person had made that decision because I said to you, oh, they're probably looking to start a family or, you know, something like that. And you said, yeah, they've got one child or they're, on it's the on the way. Yeah. yeah. And it was different. It was different. I felt different. And it was, it was weird. It was like I, I just started to see things really differently. And I started to open up to parts of myself that I wouldn't have strategized as a career. You know, I started to do single Pringle workshops and launch that side and they were going and they are going really well. So it was bizarre because I was like, I need to kind of focus on things that bring that stability. And and so that's what led us to a conversation mm-hmm. which was about how we move forward together. And, and in that very moment, it's kind of poignant to come to the point that you were seeking some instability, not instability, but some flexibility. Yeah. And I was seeking stability. Which probably had been the case for a lot of the year. Maybe, really. but I didn't realise. Mm. And also, I don't think it's necessarily stability. I just wanted some more structure. Yeah. And, you know, I'd never, ever found anything un- hard or unsettling or, or not always fun about doing this but back end it became really hard for me Mm. because we were both in very different places 
And so this is hard to say. I didn't realize it was going to be so hard. Um, but we decided that next year we would open up the doors to other possibilities for us. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that the door is closed for us as a team or working together, but it means that we won't actively be doing the podcast channel and the projects we've done in the past like we have. Things are going to be different. Hilariously, when you... My heart is racing. I can see it. When you said, quite recently, you said, I don't think it was even in text, but I read it in your voice. You know how you often do that when you read someone's text? Mm. And like, and we, There's something I need to talk to you about or I want to chat about. And I knew even before that point mm. what it was. Mm. And I think you, we recorded something and then we, we went and sat down at one of the very same places when <laughs> we've had plenty we're of literally we'd had a lot of meetings, a lot of tough convos, but probably about well, almost about a year before we'd sat down and looked at each other and we'd gone, what are we going to do? Because we'd, you know, like I guess with that blind faith and also not knowing what the fuck else to do mm. and you go into this just keep swimming mode because mm. otherwise we'll sink. Mm. We had a very similar opening of a conversation which is what are we going to do mm. but for a very different mm. reason. Mm. And you started to get a bit teary as you started to talk and I <laughs> grabbed your hand and I was like it's okay mm. because you've always been that person that and I said that to you then I think. Well, you said well, thank hope. you for being the one to bring this Cause up. Because I said you always are. You always are. Yeah. You're always and the person. And look, we're at different ages too, which I think has been much more – it's been very hard for us to admit that this year because we've always prided ourselves on finding this middle mark. And it doesn't mean we won't as friends. It's just been – it's just been – I don't know, it's been a different journey. And I think you can be friends with someone that is pregnant or not pregnant or single or it's not about that. I think it's more just a point where when you reflect on the things that you want to do or that you're unsure of how it's working, you can only really choose what you do know. And as you've said, you know, that kind of flexibility and that openness is important. I found other things that were important. And it's like, okay, well, let's keep the door open because if those two things can be met we can continue to do projects like that. But for now, with the way we're currently working, Mm -hmm. those two things can't be met in the way we've done things in the past. So it is a a big, I don't want to say, it's just a big piece of news to share. But we're about to launch a brand new... (laughs) (laughs) Insane, all of that. Um, Podcast with a collaboration with Marie Claire. Which we're incredibly excited about. It is not a show or a podcast in this particular format or style that we've really approached or, um, or done before. No. So it feels new in a very different way. There's a lot of newness. Yeah. But then again, newness again. That's right. And so I guess, you know, we we don't feel like we have anything to announce, but we also feel like we need to say that things will be different. Um, There will be content and everything going up for the next bit, so don't worry. And for those of you um, that are Patreon members, again, we are essentially – 
wholeheartedly grateful and there are options for you to subscribe or unsubscribe depending on how you feel um, mm. and we'll leave that open to you for the next few months um, because content will be less it'll be more sporadic mm-hmm. and and we just want to keep that that door right open but um, it won't be as active as it's been this year I think the thing about you and I is I don't know like oh and you even said this when we had that conversation where we've had a lot of these kind of big conversations I think sometimes you can feel quite alone in oh my god are you thinking this are you feeling this but mm. then it feels like every time as much as there is this we're in very different places personally and in our lives and in other and in other areas there is still this somehow I don't know how but this kind of underlying synergy and meeting each other in the middle in a very different way but mm. this real kind of deep respect and understanding of the of the reasons and the um the path that's led you to be like I hear you I feel the same way and I think it's this word that has been thrown around for years and it is a creative word I think most people understand it more in a creative sense but we have a a different connection to anyone that I have in my life and there is a chemistry that will never be found again with anyone which is why the door won't ever really close but it is transition and it's hard because you know plenty of times I've been incredibly codependent on you and and on what 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 we were creating was and and to some degree, I think we've really stepped into this healthy space for each other and it's time to cheer on the sidelines of what we want to do individually and continue to hold hands and and connect and talk about things that we might want to continue to do together. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a, it's a next step and that's mm. always going to be um, scary. But I, I really do feel quite excited by it for oh, both of us. Same. Yeah. I think there's a real positivity around being able to yeah, be honest with yourself and each other about what the actuality is, not what you would like it to be. Plus, like Will Anderson does a podcast and then doesn't do one for like eight months and then he comes <laughs> back. Like why do we have to be like fucking so full on with Mate, everything because we're like that on ourselves Seriously. because we've been clinging to like what the hell like this but the, but it's just time to have some space it's time yeah it is time to have some space and i just yeah i really you hit the nail on the head when you say i know we i've said that so many times in so many different conversations the relationship i have with you is not like any other in my life mm. and I think um it's really important that we but that you protect that yeah because it's pretty sacred yeah and um and being able to kind of notice shifts and accept transitions and and the way things kind of work out and the way you're both kind of feeling individually and together as a unit I don't think it's it's not protecting that to keep kind of bashing your head against the wall, wanting it to be something that it's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, wanting yeah. to have this sense of control over, no, well, we said we'd do A, B, C. Mm-mm. Well, what, you, you're you not going to get to D if you, and, you don't. And you know we don't I mean? fight. Like honestly, there, there has, there's nothing to tell here. Like, we, you know, there's 
there's there's things that are uncomfortable. You know, when you work so closely with someone, it's not mm. easy all the time. But there is no story here. <laughs> like, you know, so that's it. Um, that sometimes is actually, I wish there was. We'll probably get heaps more fucking listens like, or, you know, yeah. some kind of article yeah. breakup or some shit. So we wish you a very Merry Christmas. Um, and a happy new year. And we thank you in, yes. we, for your incredible support. Um, it is not goodbye. Nah. Um, and we hope you enjoy the Marie Claire series. You the will, summer series? Yes. Shit, there's there's also, a lot to come, bro. Yeah, there's summer series coming. Um, and we'll continue to keep you updated on our socials with things that we do and pop up with in 2019. And we're very excited to reform that in a way that works for us. You can follow us both individually, mm-hmm. which is so like, how to say that. I know. Um, Stacey June on Instagram and stacyjune.com is where you can find all of my coaching and different, I don't know, um, talks next year. The book looks like it's likely. So join my mail list and, and you'll find out some info from those types of things as they pop up. It's quite exciting. It is. It's really exciting. Um, Christy Mercer is me on Instagram and um, you can hang around. There's a few exciting projects in the mix that, um, yeah, I'm really, really excited about in terms of music and flexing that muscle in kind mm. of different ways. It feels, <laughs> yeah. You might say somewhere <laughs> very, very big yeah. very soon. You may. You, you might may. just. But, All right. Um, so we um, – Fuck, yeah, 2018, we, what a year. Huh? Wow. What a year. We want to say what goodbye. Um, again, rate or review this podcast because <laughs> we didn't die. No, no, no. Um, again, if you are a VIP Posse member, um, you will have known this news before you hear it here. We will make sure that we've allowed you to know and yeah, have those decisions. Um, our content will be doubling and around, um, but you are able to sub- keep subscribing or unsubscribe whichever way you choose um, at patreon.com forward slash the thinker girls. But again, from the bottom of our hearts, we are incredibly thank you, grateful. Thank you, thank you. Incredibly grateful for your support and we would really appreciate it for you to continue that with us on all the projects we do individually as well um we know who you are we know that you've got mm. our back and we know you instagram us separately and together and and it's um it's it's a kind of a community that we'll have for life no doubt about it love you love you guys love you love you bye <laughs>